After all, there is nothing real outside our perception of reality, is there? Pas te dire ce que tu peux faire pour moi. Tu vas voir, c'est pas compliqué. Tu me parles pas. Tu me poses pas de questions. If you wish to avoid prosecution, I would advise that you comply with our language laws. This is the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the RCMP. That's the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. I'm your host today, Becky Shrimpton, and next up in our special series on 2019's Hot Docs, I'm going to be talking to Martha Kehoe and Joan Tassoni about their documentary, Gordon Lightfoot, If You Could Read My Mind, which is going to be premiering at Hot Docs this April 27th at 6.45 p.m. at the Tiff Bell Lightbox right here in Toronto. Uh, this is already sold out because Gordon Lightfoot is going to be in attendance and it seems like it's going to be an awesome show. So for more screening times, as well as more info, you're going to want to check out the Hot Docs website. And for those of you who are not in Toronto, you can also follow the progress of the film at the Insight TV website. Uh, the link for both of these are going to be posted in the show notes. So even if you're a young person, you have definitely heard a Gordon Lightfoot song. He is covered by everybody. And uh, I'm a big fan of the song If You Could Read My Mind, which I think most people are. Um, it The film is going to take you through his really complex and adventure-filled life. It's a great movie that just highlights music and stories surrounding a man who works incredibly hard and whose pursuit of the highest standards for his art goes beyond admirable. It's inspirational. Martha Kehoe and Joan Tassoni are no strangers to the music television scene. Since the 80s, they've both been creating and directing content that involves music on some of Canada's favorite television shows and films, uh, like Canadian Idol and Canada's Got Talent. Uh, if there's a Canadian band you love, they have probably made them look great on camera. I came into this interview as admirers of their work, and I came out of it a rabid fan. And I kind of want to make a documentary about them and their friendship. These women are amazing. Thanks for the inspiration, Gordon. Appreciate it. Now, here's my chat with Martha and Joan. Becky? I'm right here. Hello, hello. Hi. Joni's here. Hi, Becky. Hi, Joan. Nice to meet you. You too. Thanks so much for taking the time, guys. I appreciate it. I know you're crazy busy. Well, we're thankful for the interest. Joan and I don't have a lot of people calling us, uh, generally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's very surprising for me because you guys are like rock and rollers from way back. I mean, looking at your histories, uh, Martha, you produced the televised Junos for a long time. You produced Canadian Idol. And Joan, you directed an episode of what might quite possibly be Canada's greatest music-based television show, which was Sharon, Lois, and Bram. Uh, (laughs) Well, Joni also directed all the Juno shows and more that I did. And she also was the director of... Joan is like... I guess I won't... She can talk for herself, Becky, but she's a a shrinking violet. Uh Um, No, but she's been historically more of a multi-camera director. So she's directed a lot of rock shows, concerts, concert stuff, series, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. You worked on the show that gave us Wayne Campbell. You worked on CBC's It's Only Rock and Roll, which more people need to know about. It was so much fun. Oh, my God, that show was fun. And in in point of fact, that show was the first show I really got to direct something single camera uh, because I am a, you know, I had a specialty as a live director. But that's one of the first shows where the producer, John Brunton, just said, Okay, go out. You're going to do this piece. and uh, With Mike? Um, I didn't do it with Mike. I, uh, that was a very, very fun show to do. And Mike Myers was a very lovely person. 
I don't know if he is today, but he was at the time. <laughs> he seemed like a good Canadian boy. There's an interview with him when he first got on SNL on CBC where the, the, the newscaster, whose name I will not use, is very condescending to him. And Mike Myers is very gracious. <laughs> and it's it's wonderful. So Canadians uh-huh. making good. But you guys are making a movie about a Canadian who made very, very good. Um, what's your history with the Hot Docs Festival and why are you bringing uh, this movie there? Well, I mean, I've attended hot docs. I think we both attended as viewers and I've attended as an industry person before because I have a bit of a history in development for non-scripted stuff, factual stuff. And I work for a company where we did several documentaries while I was there. Um, And we just wanted to open the film at a festival. We had thought of maybe doing it for TIFF, uh, but we thought because it was a documentary and Toronto's got such a great audience for docs um, that it would be actually really fun to have it at hot docs which is also now a pretty international festival as well and we were really honored to be when we went to the press conference we were thinking we were pretty hot shit becky actually (laughs) especially especially Joni, really and um but we went to the festival the press conference and we were like wow there's some really good, interesting people, great films. It's cool to be a part of it. Oh, it really is. It's so exciting, and it's so great talking to the other filmmakers. I actually, Martha's being funny about that press conference. I was very humbled by it because... Well, we both were, for yeah, sure. This is a, a you know, there's, there, there's a lot of people who are doing some really serious and, and not so serious. There's fun stuff, too, but uh, it was pretty impressive. And uh, we're, as she said, we're just honored to be a part of it. It's just a great thrill. Yeah, you're in phenomenal company. And I have to ask you, what role has music played in your guys' lives that this was the movie you guys wanted to make together? We each are music fans And we came to, like, I literally got into TV because I was a music fan. Um, And I, and there was quite a lot of that type of things. And I was literally inspired by Insight Productions, which is the company this film was done for. And John Brenton, who Joni's already mentioned, he made a film, um, well, for TV. It was a film, though, in three parts for television about Canadian rock and roll, um, and pop music. And that was like, I was like watching it at home in my parents' den, thinking, man, I would love to work on something like this. I was always kind of nerdy. I was nerdy. And I was always interested in stuff that my children now, I pay money for my kids to go to McGill. And they eat, they text me from their classes going, mom, do you know about the mods? And I'm like, yeah, we used to have to spend, you know, our own time doing that. We didn't go to school for it. But anyway, so <laughs> I, Joan and I actually worked together. She hired me in my first job in TV and we worked on a country music show, old school Canadian country music show called the Tommy Hunter show. And uh, I wasn't even really a country fan, although we'd been through the seventies, Linda Rodstad, that kind of stuff. Anyway, we just, we loved the music. It's really fun to be a part of someone else's talent. It's it's really fun to use your skills to make someone who is talented feel comfortable and to surround them the best that you can and all that sort of stuff. And I've always been a Lightfoot fan. Joni's known Gord. Like, we've been making jokes, Becky, because as much as we are extremely youthful uh, in every way, Becky. Clearly, I can um, hear it. There's a lot of uh, bounce and ebullience to your voice. Exactly. And our bodies just match. Just know that, Becky. You don't have to know. Don't look at any picture. Just believe it. Um, But we have done a lot of, we've participated in in, in a few of the shows that we're using as archival um, 
archival footage from this yeah, so, film. So Martha says to somebody the other day, uh, if you live long enough, you get to do show, uh, films with your own archival footage. <laughs> yeah, because we're partial to our own footage, Becky. That's the other thing. Well, it fits with your aesthetic. It makes sense. You know what angles you want to shoot from, so it matches up in the edit. Yeah, exactly. It's like we, we did that. We liked it then, and we still like it now. Um, but uh, answering to why why Gordon Lightfoot, uh, we've had a long association with him. We Martha and I collaborated on a um, two part series, three hours called Country Gold, which in which, which was an exploration of Canadian country and folk music, really. And Gord was a uh, got a good you know section of that film, as you can imagine. And he was seemed to be very comfortable with us and gave us a great interview. We've sort of maintained that uh, relationship ever since of, of trust because he he needs to trust who he works with. You know, he he was a big star and he he's tra- particular. He, yeah, he's particular. And uh, so uh, again, John Brunton of Insight, who ha- uh, Gordon had been in his first um, the show, show that I saw in my parents' it, den. It was called Heart of Gold, uh, and I was I'm a bit older than Martha, but I had the same experience. I saw that uh, on TV, and I called all my friends and said, "You've got to watch this show. I can't believe they've made it." And then I had the we both had the good fortune to meet John Brunton uh, a few years later, and and uh, have done much of our work with him. But he always wanted to do. Uh, the film about Gordon Lightfoot and uh, finally just the stars aligned and the time was right and Gord said yes and um, away we went. Gord was never anxious to have his career summed up because he always wanted to see it as open-ended and he still does today but I think now that he's 80 he just wanted to make sure that a proper film was done about him under his watchful eye, that, under his eye, Becky. That he could say, because I mean, there are triumphs, there are also some dips and some hollows. I mean, when you live a life like he's lived, I mean, they call it the rock and roll life for a reason, right? Yeah. Um, is, there a, sure. is there an approach when you're talking to him um, that's slightly different when you're talking about the challenges versus the triumphs? Yes, because, um, you know, we're not investigative journalism, so we're not used to really asking the tough questions of people we We approach it from the idea of a frank and open discussion, though, however. Mm. And Gord has been, let's just say this, very, very generous with us. And and he knew from the get-go, you know, um, that it wasn't all going to be positive. Uh, You know, we said to him, like, people are interested in the other stuff, too. And he's like, I know. You know, he's been around the block. Um, And he doesn't have any, um, you know... He knows what where things are at in the world, um, but he and he never actually a business associate of Gord's was appalled when he heard that Gord did not have any kind of approval for the film. Wow! So he has let us do this purely on trust, um, and in fact, he won't see the film until the premiere. Uh, and that's by his choice. By his choice, we offered, and and uh, he said, no, no, I'll just see it when everybody else does. And that one, when he <laughs> throws a public fit, either for, for better or for worse, it'll all be on camera, and you can add it into the sequel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. We do a follow-up aftermath show. So when you're dealing with someone who has, like, this expansive career and all these highs and lows and everything, how do you decide what to focus on for an hour and a half to two hours? Very good question. You know, Becky, one of the things uh, that Joan and I, Joan and I, first of all, we, we have had this project on our books, and we've actively been trying to make it for actually a few years now. 
And so we've had lots of opportunity, even in that period, almost to change and to grow what our ideas are or how we want to do it. But more than anything, I think we decided to just not be too controlling about it and to try to just be very, very open to what kind of happened and what he kind of said to us and all of that. You know, if you could hear the outtake, sometimes I'm disappointed with the answers that he gives because honestly, Gord's a very workmanlike kind of fella. So if you're trying to get him to tell you like his crazy times here or there, he had those crazy times, but he doesn't. And it's not that he's whitewashing them, but like I'll say I was when he, you'll see a portion of the film where he's walking around in Yorkville. And I said, what was it like to hang out here and be a part of that scene? He said, well, I wasn't part of the scene. I was home play, you know, practicing my guitar and writing songs and writing songs. I never hung out here. Because one thing that w was really brought home to us again and again, though we knew it already, is his work ethic. Work is so important to him. Um, his his work, his work, his work. He he's he in the in that other um, documentary we did in the nineties, uh, Country Gold. He said to us, "I have two priorities in life. Number one, the family. Number two, tune the guitars." Now. We always laugh at that, but it's actually true. Yeah. He, Gord is definitely a 10,000 hours person. Yeah. He's probably at 20,000 hours. I don't even know. But um, I don't know what we're talking about, Becky, but that's just how things go with us. In this <laughs> no, these are all great. I mean, there's something very Canadian about the idea of like showcasing that workmanship, right? I mean, we have that whole, we are Canadian. We just get the job done. Pitter patter. Let's get at her. And you really get that impression for him. So, I mean, other rock documentaries do focus on the debauchery and the, the like great crazy times. I think about the Alice Cooper doc that was out just, yeah. out just hmm. a few years ago. And this one is because it's Gordon Lightfoot and he's oh, slightly more mellow. I mean, you get your raucous stories, but this really is the story of a man who is reflecting, who is at a, who is at a time who he's really done the work and he has an appreciation for the work that he's done, even if he doesn't necessarily agree with what he did in the past. And that's a fascinating perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I sometimes liken it to visual artists, because I guess I know a few visual artists and, you know, they feel a responsibility to the body of work they've created. And that's how Gord is. And I think that's actually why he has done this film mm -hmm. because he respects his work and he wants his work to live on and, and um, he wants to do justice to it. So there was an aspect of making this film. Um, it sounds like, have you seen the film Becky? Oh, have I ever? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So you can see that there's parts of it that are painful for him. You could see, you know, that opening scene where we were showing him footage of his younger self, like that was a hundred percent legit. That was probably the most tense moment we had because most of the time we got along great and we weren't, you know, prodding him too hard or whatever. Um, but he was really upset. Mm-hmm. Wow. But, and afterwards he said, I don't even know why I'm doing this film. You know, he was having a bit of a reaction. I wouldn't really necessarily want that mentioned. But this is the no. problem. We're not very good at talking to the press, Becky. <laughs> well, I can always edit things. We're a positive podcast. If you're like, take that out, it'll be out. I promise. Well, it's just like, we don't want to talk about negative things about Gord. I'm happy to shit talk Joni, as I think I've already <laughs> mentioned. And um, I don't, here's the thing. I don't think it is negative, though, because what that speaks to is someone who has immense pride in his work, which definitely comes through in the documentary, who's yeah. looking 
looking back and being like, that was a misstep. And because he's matured as an artist and because he's matured as a person, he's able to look back and see that. And I think that's a virtue. Yeah, it definitely is. And then that's what we're trying to show. We're trying to show other people like Gordon Lightfoot is an artist. He's not a guy. You don't, you're not that person and, and have like a totally normal personality where you never reflect on everything. Like he is a constantly going over things in his mind and thinking, how can I do this better? But when you say it's a Canadian attitude, like a hundred percent, you know, when, when Burton Cummings says in, in the film, he was Canadiana, like he really is like, it's just who he is so much. And for instance, one of the band guys told us that when he meets people, as he often does, because people feel quite comfortable with him, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, Gord, how are you? You know, like they really feel almost like they know him or he, they, he's going to be receptive to them. And he is. Um, he says, uh, Barry told us um, he's very interested in people's jobs and their work and what they do. And he's constantly asking. And if they have a blue collar job, he's that much more fascinated and he wants to hear about it, you know? Yeah, it's it's the depends on the life we've we've done. Like I can't help but liken him to Bruce Springsteen, um, because there is that mm-hmm. like appreciation. I mean, obviously he came first, uh, but but there's this appreciation for what everyday people do and a genuine need to understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and an effort to understand it um, as well. Um, I have a question for you, Becky, that occurred to me. So uh, uh, some people have asked us, and I wondered what you thought, uh, why we used that first scene where he's dissing one of his own songs to open the film. What was your impression after you saw it? Honestly, I was like, thank God you did that. Because like I said, this is, you're letting me immediately know that I am seeing someone who is very aware of his work and is very aware of his growth. And I think that's what I love to see in documentaries about people who are later on in life and later on in their career careers is that they have a sense of perspective and you're going to be able to look at their work in a new way, regardless of what it meant to you personally, you're now going to see a new light on it. And I think that's exactly what it does. How nicely put. Yeah. Thank you, Becky. You should have a podcast or something. Yeah. Weird, eh? Uh, Yeah. So that's great because of course, you know, Joan and I have been working on this film for not quite a year, but in, in years past. And one of the things that I've been saying is just how you know, when you, and it harkens, I think, back to your question of like half an hour ago of how do you decide what to include and not to include? And it, it is very, very hard because there's only, we, we felt an enormous pressure to make like the definitive film about Gordon Lightfoot. But the fact of the matter is, it's personal and films grow on their own and they're collaborative. And so the other people working on it also play a role and the, the weather can play a role and, or whatever, you know what I mean? There's always so many different things. And I think at one point we decided, well, we can only make the movie that we can make. It's not like after this is over, there'll be no more need to look at Gordon Lightfoot's career or his work or anything. There's still lots of room to explore that. Um, but I think that we felt pretty happy that yeah. we made the film we wanted to make, or, yes, or a I good think, film, anyway. I think so, too. And what happened uh, is the film we cut was, you know, almost twice as long at first. And gradually you sift out, you literally sift out the things that <clears throat> that that just don't sit as well, that just yeah. don't interest you as much, that you just don't strike us. Martha and I have, you know, our tastes and stuff, but that, that we wanted we wanted everything 
to be wanted to be seen again. And if it didn't cut that, if it didn't make that mark, it was taken out. Some things were painful to take out yeah. at first. And, you know, That's with any some things also just, even if you don't mean it, feel more contrived or it's less something. So we, we tried to make, like Gord, when you spend time with him, is exactly like you see in that film. His the way he talks, the things he thinks about. I mean, he probably changes topics more than we show because we don't stay on it long. But he's really that guy driving in that car going, well, there's Drake's billboard right there. <laughs> like, that is literally him saying that. We didn't prompt it. We didn't ask him what he thought about Drake. He no. was literally... And, and Martha and I just were like... Do we so, totally silent uh, was saying this is the best thing just keep talking Gordon. Yeah, like, like within our own brain yeah because we don't we, you know our voices get in there a little bit in the film but we try to to not um, but we you know it's sort of like how much you know because he says have you ever heard that record you know the one where he's on the tower the CN Tower you ever listen to that and so I'm you like, just nod your head and I'm like yeah we've, <laughs> we've heard that one a few times Gord there's some real popular songs on that one but um that's just, that's really like, there are a, a lot of very authentic moments of who Gord is. And, and I have to reiterate how generous he was with his time and also with trying to, as I say, give us an honest look at, at his, his inner self or in his, the way he operates as anyone has ever seen. He really gave us a lot of trust, and for that, we're very honored. I hope it pans out. <laughs> I hope he still likes us. I think He's you're going to be fine. anyway, Becky. <laughs> well, I talked, uh, we talked a little bit about what's in the film, but the film also looks beautiful. Um, you have a lot of different angles. How did you decide how you wanted to visually represent this? Because you both worked in music and the visual representation of music. How does that work? I don't know, Becky. We're just so good at it. We don't even have to think about it. <laughs> Obviously. No, I mean, we talked a lot about some of the things that we felt, um, like for instance, scored sheet music. That is his actual own sheet music. And that wasn't easy to pry out of his little grip, was it, Joni? Well, he worked hard. Yeah, he yeah. Did, but anyway, he has, those are his original compositions of those songs. Jeez. So, for instance, we knew he had those, and we asked him if we could access them, and the day that we were shooting those was exciting just to have those artifacts in your hands and think, this is him at, like, 25 writing early morning rain with his own friggin' handwriting. Like how cool is that? So we knew certain things that we wanted to have as a bit of a theme. Um, and we, knew, we had a, a real treasure trove of the archival photographs that we, we love and we knew that they would be very handy. Um, we talked a lot about, uh, the, the, the different archival that we used, you know, we, we, um, we put a lot of work into it, I guess, Becky. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> yeah. And Joni, like I say, Joan has a very, uh, has a lot of visual strengths and I'm just kind of bossy. So it works. <laughs> oh, good. You make the phone calls, you take the phone calls and she shows up and does it. I get no, it. No, not at all. I'm more, Joan is also very good at taking phone calls and making <laughs> phone calls. She, it's more like she's a director and I go in and go, how about this? Just out of the blue. And she oh, to respond. You're an idea No, I don't woman. know. I guess... Joni was always more of a director, but then I started to do to do uh, a lot of single camera directing in other worlds. So I just kind of grew into that job too. And we're lucky because we've we've known each other a long time, Joan and I. And one of the reasons we've always pretty much worked well together is we we agree with each other 
a, a huge percentage of the time. When we don't, there's fireworks, but <laughs> most of the time, and partially because we're not used to it. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. we, we really tend to agree. Even if we don't at first, we can come to it and think, oh God, I'm so glad you said that because you were really right about that one. We talked a little bit about how you guys work together. And this is a film about uh, learning and growth and someone looking back. What did you guys learn making this movie? We learned a lot and we've, we've talked about that too. Um, you know, our editor was actually the same editor that did Super Duper Alice Cooper. Alex Schuper is his name. Great. So I call him Super Duper Alex Schuper now. And, <laughs> and he is someone who I had worked with in the past on another show, that a documentary I made about Canadian comedy. That's where we met. When we were talking about getting an editor with the right kind of credentials for this film, I said to Joni, oh, I, let's get Alex. You're going to love him. She never even met him. But I knew she would. And um, he added, he adds a, a sort of rock and roll perspective to things, too. And um, it was a nice mix with us. I don't know what I'm answering again, Becky, but um, I think we learned, we tried to learn to let things breathe because we were very conscious of wanting to make the experience of watching the film a filmic experience as opposed to television where we've spent a lot of our years working. Because on TV, you, your pace is usually pretty fast. Whereas in films, you can enjoy yourself a little bit more because you're thinking of that theater audience and them making their observations and all of that. So we tried to be very mindful of that. And also our executive producer, John Murray, um, was very helpful too. We, were, we just tried to be open to what other people's feelings were, always trusting ourselves and giving ourselves the last word, but being open to other people. And like I said, I think we wanted to do something that was a little bit more thoughtful and a little more, a less buttoned down than what you would have in a network television show. So you it's know, more because that has to be a glossy event and we can do that. But we wanted this one to be a little rougher, a little looser, to let things sit a bit longer, uh, to let Gord be who he is, not to try to pretty him up at all, really. Well, he, he, he won't be prettied up. So. He resists pretty, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's just the kind of guy he is. As he yeah. should. Well, I just have one last question for you guys, which is what I ask all of my guests. What do you guys think Canada needs more of to support its artists? Money. <laughs> totally fair. Nice and simple. No, I mean, that's a little bit of a pet peeve for us because we've been in the industry all this time. And, you know, we're used to reading uh, television journalism s saying, you know, uh, the, this, you know, the American version of something is so great. Why isn't the Canadian version? It's just like, are you kidding me, man? You know, give us $45 million and we'll, we'll give you something real nice. But um, I think, but, but I think in Canada we do do a lot more with a lot less. We have learned absolutely. that to do it of necessity. And I, I really don't think we can leave this conversation without mentioning the the uh, funders. And we we could not make uh, the film without these funders. And I, you know, that comes from actually the heart, the great the, our gratefulness to um, CBC, uh, to Rogers, Rogers Documentary Channel. All the funds that funded Canadian us. Media Fund. And, and also, also a man named Gary Slate, who's been a friend of Gord's and a supporter of Gord's for so many years. We literally could not have done the film without him and without their, all these funders' support. And that's something that if you ask what I've learned, I've learned I'm grateful for that. It's difficult to get it. There are so many people wanting that money to make their you know, their dream projects and everything. It's hard to get, and I'm very appreciative of that support 
uh, well, that we do have. Absolutely. And also, there was an enormous goodwill towards the project from those funders. So, yeah, they're looking at really high-level docs that could have a, like a investigative story or crazy human stories. But I think everybody that got involved in this film felt Gordon Lightfoot is important to us. And this film should be made while he's around to enjoy it, kind of. And we're all around to appreciate him. Um, so there was... Um, so I don't know. In, in Canada, we need to, to believe in ourselves, really, as, as uh, storytellers. The money helps because it helps you tell that story and more stories get told. And, you know, people learn. You know, Joan and I, we've done a lot of stuff and we've learned a lot. Every show, every shoot you do, you learn from. Yeah. And um, a lot of filmmakers aren't as lucky as we are to have that kind of experience. But, I mean, look at the talent we have. Um, you know, Xavier Dolan, um, what's the name of the director? It's escaping me right now that, uh, did sharp objects in big little oh, lies. Oh, you're thinking about, um, oh man, not Denis Villeneuve, it, uh, Jean-Marc Vallée. Jean-Marc yeah. Vallée. Like yeah. that guy is a friggin' genius. I love him. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, the Quebec, uh, industry has always been stronger because they've had that homegrown audience, which has been a little bit harder for the Canadian or English Canadian filmmakers because, um, the audience is so split with America and everything else. So, you know, we just need a little bit more time. I think we're coming on great. I mean, you know, when John Brunson made Heart of Gold, which was in night around 1980, he was practically laughed out of rooms for wanting to do that, saying, you want to make a show about Canadian music? That's going to be a pretty short show. But look at where our Canadian music industry is now. And that's like not even 50 years. It's, it's well, been and, so quick. And him getting that show done as an example of if you believe in something, you just do it. You, you, you get it done. And that's what John Brunton did with that show. He was laughed out of the offices, but that film got made. Yeah. And, and so, um, Filmmakers have to stick with their idea and yeah, have, but a, I, have a hard time. I, I think, you know, Canada has never been in a stronger place culturally. And I think it's just going to grow and grow. I mean, look at our music industry. Uh, look at our authors. I mean, look at The Handmaid's Tale. What a revelation that's been. You know, people were bored shitless by Margaret Atwood all these years complaining. Um, but although everyone loving her at the same time, you know, sometimes I think we just have to open our eyes to the incredible richness that we do have. Right, Joni? Like me and Joni, for instance. We don't, get, we don't got nearly the laurels that we deserve, Becky, because honestly, we're fabulous. But, you know, seriously, it's true. It's like instead of saying, where is this and why? how can we make it better? It's just say, wow, there's actually a lot of pretty heavy shit happening. And that's the point of this podcast. And uh, I'm, I know people are going to be giving you your laurels after this, so we'll keep on the watch out. But you enjoyed the movie, right, Becky? I can loved you just it. Can you just uh, let us enjoy that for a sec? Because we're just, you know, we've, we've put a lot into it and we, we love the film in many ways, but we're afraid, you know, because everyone's saying, I hear your film's really great. And I'm like, no one's seen it yet. Like, this is our best moment ever. <laughs> everyone thinks it's good, but no one's even watched it yet. So. It's, in, it's in that Rotten Tomatoes limbo, right? It's exactly. beautiful. Uh, no, it's beautiful. It's, uh, it's strong and it's uh, articulate. Um, it's an incredible uh, introspection into, like, areas I didn't know because I wasn't that familiar with him. I knew his hits, but, like, him as yeah. a human being. And this is yeah. a portrait of a human being who made art, and that's what I wanted. Great. That's what we wanted too. So perfect. Yeah. There you go. I, yeah. I give you that. Put that on the blurbs. <laughs> yeah. We'll dial you into our next film. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, ladies. This was an absolute pleasure.
Great. Was, it was Thanks a, a lot, pleasure. Becky. Hopefully we'll meet you sometime. I'd like that. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, you too. Thanks for listening to the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. If you like what we're doing, please remember to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcatcher. It helps people find our podcast and Canadian media they love. Come chat with us at RCM Pod on Facebook or on Twitter at RCM Pod. Our theme song is by Craig Stewart and our show art is by Paul Stachniak. Join us next week for another great film from the wilds of Canadian cinema.